Uh, yeah, that is true, which is important. Is that a Stanley? Uh, it's a knockoff. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Team you. T- what? What is that? You haven't heard of the like viral Team you, like Shein. So it's like obviously overseas, but okay. it's cheap and okay. good quality. I mean, for I the think price, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's is like, it like an app? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to test it out, and so I didn't. Honestly, it hasn't failed me yet. Dude, at the end of the day, it's all just like a name. It is. It's 100% a name. And it does the same thing. Yeah. But this is also coming from someone that... You're like, wearing a Van shirt right now. I really like Vans as a brand. <laughs> you know the thing that really messed me up, though? is Vans claims that their product is designed in the USA. Hit keyword designed. Right. Their shoes are made in, like, Vietnam. Dude, when I found that out, I, I mean, I kind of lost a little bit of pride in Vans. I wasn't like, I'm never going to wear Vans again or anything. But I was like, dog, I thought these, I thought there was like some hippie surfer dude lacing up some Vans and threading them up in a shop, pressing them. He's got like freshly sanded surfboards in the back. Yeah, yeah, like I thought that that's who was making them. Not some little Vietnamese kid. Nothing against the Vietnamese kid because they make a great shoe. But I'm saying like. But they're probably getting paid so much less than... Yeah, and... Yeah. yeah. Well, you're talking to someone that's got a Lexus in the driveway, so... (laughs) Uh, Toyota's a great product. Yeah, yeah. Toyota's a great product. I got a Silverado. I really love GM's product. But I like Toyota's, too. Repping the GMC Acadia. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that with the candy red. I love that color. I do, too. And that's a bold color choice. Yeah. Because most people come to the dealership and they're like, I don't want red. But it's pretty. Well, here, here's the thing. You could say the same thing about a yellow car or an orange car or a blue car. Or a Corvette. Or <laughs> yeah. I will say, I didn't get my first speeding ticket until I drove my wife's red Volkswagen. And I got three of them within like a four-month period. Mm. All on the highway by DPS. <sighs> I bet that hit the pocketbook. Dude, it jacked my insurance up like crazy. Even if you deny it on your insurance, if they're like, are you aware about this ticket? And you click no, they're like, you're a fucking liar. Yeah. <laughs> we're charging you extra for lying. We were going to charge you more because you had the ticket, but we're charging you extra because you're a liar now. What in the world awesome. is wrong with you? All right. What is the craziest thing that your oldest kid has done so far? I can't imagine the eight-month-old <laughs> has done anything crazy. So what has your oldest kid done that's just been like, what in the world? Um, Honestly, I would say, so, okay, one time it was just me and her, and we were living in an apartment, Bentry's uh, apartment, so like right over here. And I was getting the groceries out of my Buick. I used to have a Buick um, Encore. Okay. And so. All new Buick Encore. I, exactly. <laughs> hey, I love that thing. Yeah. <laughs> get 28 miles Dude, for that one. You don't get gas mileage like that. No. And so I was like, hey, like, don't stick your hand in the, like, trunk. Because I'm about to, like, it wasn't, it wasn't the clicky, like, button. That was a manual lift It was a gate. manual lift Okay. Gate. I was like, hey, like. You need to like back away because I'm about to like slam this thing down. And she looks at me and she literally puts her arm as soon as I'm going uh, down. 
and I slam it on her arm. And so, like, just, like, the defiance in that, like, has ever since then, like, it's just like, oh, you told me not to do this. Let's do it. Like, does she give you that look? Like, does she look back at you and kind of, like, grin? 100%. Because she knows she's not supposed to be doing it? Oh, yeah. Or, like, her biggest thing right now is she'll definitely, like, we'll catch her in the act of something. And she's like, nothing. (laughs) She sells herself out. And it's like, okay, (laughs) what is nothing? Because I know you're doing something right now. (laughs) But, so, it's just a defiance. But as of, like, crazy, like, acts, like, she's pretty clumsy, so. Really? Yeah, she hasn't really done anything, like. No, like, writing on the wall or anything like that? Oh, no, she's done that, yeah. Oh, so that's not even crazy. No. That's how bad it has to be for you to not consider writing on the wall crazy. Well, he would consider it, you know, my husband's, like, no fingerprints anywhere, but. Yeah. Me, I'm like, um, that's just get a white eraser and. (laughs) Okay, yeah, Cover it up. Um, yeah, no, she. She's pretty, she's all over the place. So, yeah. I mean, she's her own person, definitely. But yeah. she's also my kid, so I kind of have to take credit for that. My son is starting to develop that personality mm. and that defiance. Like, he's learned no. And he has learned how to, like, throw a fit Oh, when he is not getting his way. Oh, yeah. Unless babies are just, like, pre-programmed to throw a fit. Like, I think that he, like, learned that that is... I don't know. I don't know if he's that's... He's testing you. Yeah. He's going to see what he can get away with. Yeah. Well, my wife is a applied behavior analyst. Okay. She works with kids and their behaviors. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, I mean, hopefully she'll be able to like walk me through that with him. Right. So we can manage that. Otherwise, it's going to just be crazy in here. <laughs> You're going to lay down the wall. <sighs> Dude, the, we got warned by so many people when my son was an infant. You know, he slept through the night, hardly cried. You know, we could go out with him, and, and it never really disrupted him. He could sleep through a restaurant full of people. And everyone would always tell us, oh, you're going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. They're like, what do you mean we're going to pay for it? They're <laughs> what like, do you foresee in you, the future? If you get a chill infant, they're going to be a demon. Oh, one. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be a demon toddler. And I was like, there's no way. There is an absolute freaking oh, way. Oh, yeah. No, and that's so funny that you say that because, so, you know, we had, I have my five-year-old, and it, we went through the, you know, terrible twos, and then as a single mother, we went through, like, the trying threes, and then, excuse my language, but as soon as we got to the fours, it was the fucking fours. There's a name for all the ages. Yes. Oh, my. And now we're in the fives, where it's, like, five going on 15, like, and it's it's awful. So whenever we had our second, we were warned, like, you know, the second one's always the worst, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and everything. And so when he was born, like, even from birth, like, I pushed three times, no issues, no nothing. Like, we were in and out of the hospital. Like, of course, he had his jaundice and stuff like that. But, like, that's easy. And he was, he didn't really cry. He kind of whimpered and everything. And he was the chillest baby. I kid you not. My husband literally last week was like, what the heck is wrong with this kid? (laughs) What happened to our baby? Yes. Because right now, like, if you put him down for a split second, it's like the world's ending. Like, he has to be touched. He has to be held. He has to be involved. Otherwise, it's game over. Yeah. That is my son to a T. Yeah. And so now I'm like, all right, it starts. And first first thing in the morning and at night when he's ready to go to bed, 
if you do not have his bottle of milk ready. Oh, 100%. First thing in the morning, he wakes up. Mama. <laughs> Mama. Just shouting for her. Waking us up. Excuse me. And then you walk it, walk in his room and he notices you don't have a glass of milk ready. And he is so cranky. He wants nothing to do with me in the morning. He'll push me off. He wants. He just wants his mom. He just wants the comfort of his mom. And he wants his milk. Mm-hmm. And then he's at peace. That's his vice. <laughs> yeah. And then now he's learned how to get off of our bed. Oh. And once he's off the bed, it's go time. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I've never looked forward to someone else taking a nap <laughs> than I do with that kid. Like, when he starts to get tired, I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. I don't know how much more of this I can take. Literally, yeah. And so our son hates being covered up with his feet. So if you cover it, like, his feet with a blanket, he kicks and kicks and kicks. Huh. And for the longest time, like, he sleeps with us. And I told Mason, I was like, there's a demon in our house. Because I'm waking up with bruises. And I'm like, either you're doing it or, like, something's in our house and we better, like, go get anointing oil or something. <laughs> like, you know. And then we came to the realization it's him. It's our kid kicking From me kicking, yeah. and everything. And so, yeah, anything that covers his feet, he gets mad. He, like, grunts and, like, gets pissed. Yeah, that's my son. <laughs> and so it's just, like. But I don't want to take that away from him because, like, obviously he's developing, like, a personality yeah. and everything. But sometimes it's just like, dude. Well, he's still learning his legs, out. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, was he pretty active in the womb? Yeah, he actually was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my son was doing, like, backflips and somersaults. Mm-hmm. He was sucking his thumb in the womb, too. He's a, he is a thumb-sucking baby. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're going to have pain getting him off of that habit. So does he take a passy? No. Thank gosh. No. That does save you there. Yeah. And Alex, my wife, had told me, too, like, we needed to be pretty adamant about not letting him have one. Because mm-hmm. I get, I guess it is pretty hard to, like, break him off of it if you just, like, let that go unchecked. Yeah. I mean, because it's soothing. Right. Like, we, even as adults, we kind of have our own things that soothe us when we get anxious or whatever or depressed. Like a quart of ice cream in my case, you know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> Um, well, we should probably get rocking and rolling here. It is Saturday, July 29th, 2023, and it is episode 23 of Sean's show. I got my homegirl in here, Miss Addison Clayton now, right? Yes, sir. Miss Addison Clayton, put some respect on that. And uh, we're joined by her hunk of a husband over here. He's listening into the conversation today. Um, Addison, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. I was trying to think before you got here of the last time that I had actually seen you, and I couldn't remember. Like, I could not remember. So the last time that I think we hung out has been years, but the last time that we actually sat and have a conversation was you just started at DMC Mitchell. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you were talking, and you're like, yeah, I transferred over here, and, and we were getting cars, and I was getting my tags and everything, yeah. and so we were catching up then. When did you get your car? Ooh. You just got the Acadia? Yeah, so okay. we just traded it in, what, maybe three months ago? From the Encore to the Acadia. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a much-needed change. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you're enjoying the it? Three, the three seats. Yeah. <laughs> three rows. It's, it, it's a life change. And the extra elbow room. Oh, yeah, because you got two car seats. You 
even in the Acadia now, it's still kind of like tight. Yeah. Because you got the bulkiness and everything. But once you take those out, like I can do all kinds of stuff. You put two car seats in an Encore? Uh, we did for a little bit. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you have a picture of that? <laughs> I can try to find one. We need that blown up on my wall in the dealership so I can tell anyone who is looking at an Encore and is questioning the space, that picture right there. Yeah. Like, dude, you wouldn't believe it, but I had someone put two car seats in the back. Yeah. So you can make it work. So, and, you know, that was the whole reason for upgrading is obviously like the extra elbow room and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. so we actually got this one and it's a 2022 and everything, fairly new and everything, but they had some recalls on the sensors. So we got uh, the Enclave 2023. Uh, and I pulled up in the driveway and I was like, babe, <laughs> let's just take the Acadia back. Like, <laughs> those things are nice. They are really nice. And they're big. They are. So, yeah. it, I mean, I've always liked Buick. I I, I had a, um, what is it? A Buick Lariat. Or, okay. Yeah. A lacrosse? Yeah. It was, yeah. So or a Sabre? No, it was a lacrosse. Lacrosse, okay. So I went from a tiny Buick to the Enclave and then... I mean, the Encore, and then now we're with, with the Acadia. Acadia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you will be happy to know that I think in 2024 or 2025, the Enclave is going to get a redesign. Mm-hmm. It's going to look a whole lot sleeker, and there's going to be a hybrid version that comes out. So you can get really good gas mileage in a full-size SUV. That's good to know because we're about to pay it our Acadia off so we can just do straight boom yeah hold on to it let the rates go down wait for the new models to come out <laughs> he's like why are you telling a car salesman that Literally. he's gonna be freaking calling us <laughs> telling no, no, don't worry about it uh no but like seriously i was trying to rack my brain from high school from like graduating there was like a straight year where i just kind of like fell off the face of the earth mm-hmm. i went to the oil field in like south texas i was nowhere yeah. near here and then i came back Everyone's gone for school. All the people I hung out with, like my buddy Kyle moved to Florida. Jeff is out in like the Swiss Alps or California every other weekend. And then all the other guys I had, like everyone's working. Full-blown adulthood. Here we are. Yippee. And then it's like fast forward. I can't, I don't even like to think about how long we've been out of high school. Oh, it's next, (sighs) a year and a half, we're at our reunion. Yeah, I don't like thinking about that. (laughs) It's just an uncomfortable realization that like, this much time has passed. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm blessed. I'm grateful for where I'm at, for where I'm at now. But I'm also like, dude, imagine the things we could have done if my head wasn't so far up the wrong direction. Oh, yeah. Like, if I had the fire and the energy and the ter- determination to do what I'm doing now two, three years ago. Like, oh, my the God. Different. Yeah. But d- the question I have is like, Yes, we feel older, but do you really feel like it's been that long? No, I still feel like a child. Yeah, me too. I still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. And uh, honestly, I am convinced that nobody knows what they're doing. You never do. I am convinced that even our elders, our parents, grandparents, our politicians, like I am convinced that no one actually knows what they're doing. And everyone is just like selfishly following their own interests and we're all just like kind of getting along yeah like i don't actually think that like other than like the guidelines of like do people right and like don't break the law like other than that like what's right stay out of jail (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like what like i don't know 
I, I still feel like a child. I saw this uh, quote that like hit me the other day and it was like, be kind to others because they're still going through their first life too. And it's like, damn. Whoa. Like your grandparents, or this is their first life too. Yeah. It's the first time they've ever been a grandparent. Exactly. That's why I'm saying though, like people don't know what they're doing. Like it's the first time being a parent. And other than like the guidance that I've gotten from friends and family, it's like, yeah, we're just kind of hoping everything turns out all right here, you know, like he doesn't have like any weird bumps or bruises from He's not falling mutated. Around. Yeah. Still got all his fingers and toes a year and a half yeah. later, so. And you know what? It's, he's thriving. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're doing all right there. Exactly. So, uh, obviously a lot has changed for you since high school. You are oh. now a proud mother. Proud mother of two. Of two. Okay. You got an older girl and a younger boy. Yes. Okay. And what, I mean, are you like full-time mom mode, stay at home? Are you working too? So I actually am working for now. The plan is to be okay. uh, stay at home as soon as possible. Um, okay. just Hashtag make Addison a stay at home mom. <laughs> Let's point arrows <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, 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 yeah. to my left real we'll make quick. t-shirts yeah. and a Twitter page so we can promote well, them. And see, it's, it's, the reason being is just like the way the world is, like, as you know, like, it's not the same even from five years ago. Mm-mm. And so it's one of those things as a parent, like you have to make those decisions. And one of those is, is I saw that another quote, I'm not all about quotes today, Um, is like, if anybody's going to screw up my kids, I'd rather it be me than anybody else. A hundred percent. So why am I entrusting other people, you know, with schooling and all this other stuff yeah. um, when I can do it myself? Is your five-year-old in school already? So she starts August 17th. Whoa. Kindergarten. Dude, do you have a stockpile of Kleenex for when that day comes? Uh, he better have a lot of things because I'm already nervous. I don't need no judgment, brother, but I'm going to cry the first day of school. Oh, I, I think he will as a stepdad. Yeah. Like, honestly, because, like, that dynamic, once they step foot in a school, I mean, they're, they're changed already. Yeah. For sure. That is the first, like, real step into independence for them. Mm-hmm. Cause you're not there to guide them through the day and like keep them safe. Like that's my biggest thing. My anxiety has shot through the roof since having a kid. Oh yeah. Like no other. Like even going in parking lots at Walmart and everything. I'm like, I'm not. I I'm on a swivel constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is I always call and check in on her like in daycare and like see how she's doing like what she eat for lunch and stuff <laughs> i can't do that at public school yeah. they're gonna be like okay karen don't <laughs> don't sit here and try to like manipulate yeah, yeah. your kid and everything which i need she needs that independence like it'll be good for the both of us and everything but she gonna go to public school or do y'all have her plan for something else so right now um no matter what house situation, you know, like what we said, we were oh, under contract right, and everything. Um, but they're also closing five schools. Hmm. And so Austin is where she's going to be going. However, I'm trying to get her to be enrolled in Cornerstone. Okay. Just that way we have a little bit more of, of advantage, you know. And they've grown a lot, too. Oh, yeah. I think they just like uh, assimilated with uh, Ambleside or mm-hmm. something like that. And their success rate is through the roof yeah i've been told really good things about cornerstone like probably the best private school setting that you can put your kids in right yeah so and she needs that extra attention because she's not going to get it from public school. no i mean dude honestly though can you blame the teachers 
Oh God, no. Like it, in a way it sucks to think that like the human showing up to school every day to that's in charge of like molding your kid's mind and educating them is like money motivated. But also at the end of the day, like I don't want to go watch your little shit four year old or five year old for seven hours, eight hours a day try to teach them coloring and shapes while they're yelling at me and throwing and markers and stuff. And I'm getting paid like 28 grand a exactly. year to do it. Well, and it's not even that it's the parents that are causing issues too. And it's like, I don't get paid enough to deal with you. Uh, I can, un- I can imagine there's probably some pretty crazy parents out there. Oh my gosh. And that's the biggest thing is like with them closing these schools and everything, you know, so many teachers are underpaid and it takes the taboo out of it which is you know fine and everything but you're putting 40 kids in a classroom what's the motivation for closing the schools though uh i think funding honestly i think it's state funding because there's not enough um what is it enrollment okay for this many elementary so they're gonna condense them Uh, which could be you know a double-edged sword because you have 40 kids <laughs> to yeah. one teacher, then your kid's not getting the attention that it needs or, you know, something. But then also you get the funding. So it's like one of those things. Well, I remember I remember first hearing about this. And I think like uh, Goliad is one of them mm-hmm. that's getting closed. San Jacinto, are they closing or something like that? I think it's uh, Goliad, San Jacinto, um, Austin. <sighs> There's two other ones, but so everybody from Austin uh, is going to McGill, and McGill's actually going to renovate and become bigger, Okay, which is good, yeah. but at the same time, it's like you're going to transfer your kid mid- Displacing a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Seems like it's in a- It seems like they're in lower income areas, too. They are, yeah. Like a handful of those schools. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm not responsible for that decision, so good <laughs> luck to the people that are. <laughs> Um, okay, so not a stay-at-home not a stay-at-home mom, mom yet. Yet. I um work as a uh I work at a financial uh estate and trust for an oil and gas companies. Um so that sounds super fun. It's a lot of paperwork, a lot of clientele, super fun. a lot of um dealing with people's monies. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so definitely stress related. Uh, we go through tax season, we go through, you know, all the all the gist of that. Um and then also I train at Fitness Zone. So I started my own online coaching Dang. and everything. So okay. trying to get that going. <laughs> I got two Instagram influencers in the house tonight. I didn't know that. <laughs> Dang. How long have you been doing that? Uh, just about half a year. Okay. So. What are the dudes that own Fitness Zone? What's their names? Mike Vega. That's right. The Vegas. The yeah. Vegas. Big old freaking bulky Bikers, dudes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I had the pleasure of meeting, uh, I don't know if it was Mike. He does have a brother, right? He has a couple. So okay. he has, you know, Emilio and. Emilio's the one that I've met. See. And Drove the Corvette. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's the biggest teddy bear ever. I love him. He's a scary looking dude. Oh, yeah. Like, you definitely don't want to walk up to him and say something, no, but no, no, no. at the same time, like, knowing the back end of them, you know, obviously, like, I I have a personal relationship with them, and yeah. they're definitely cool. Okay. So, how long have you been training out of Fitness Zone? Uh, about two months. Okay. You liking it? Yeah, I do. I I love the private gym vibes. I have never stepped foot in Fitness Zone. 
So I don't know. I know that they re, like it's they remodeled school. it, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's old school. You got the iron plates and all that. Um, we pretty much blast any music. It's a still a no judge zone. Like we cool. have eighteen to eighty eight ages. So. Huh. How big is the membership at that gym? So uh, I don't know the actual like numbers of it, but we fairly priced. I mean. I think the average standard membership for a year is $16 a, a month. Huh. For like all access? All access. Is it 24-7? It is not. Okay. Due to private gym and everything, it's definitely like it's on an hourly basis and everything. But we also do like personal trainings that are off the clock okay. and stuff like that. And then we actually are starting a meal prepping huh. um, lounge area where you can like have a subscription to meal prepping and stuff like that. That's pretty smart. So are you training for Fitness Zone or is it your own? So I'm independent contractor cool. through that. So I can run my own business and work there. I, it's just my home gym. To so where you can train your clients. Yeah, okay. exactly. How many clients you picked up so far? Right now I have none. <laughs> have you worked with anyone yet? Uh, Here and there. Um, It just all depends. My main thing is I'm going to specialize in like postpartum moms. Okay. Um. People who are diagnosed with PCOS, you know, hormonal issues, um, definitely somebody who like needs to get back into the gym after birth, yep. stuff like that, because that's just stuff that like I can relate to and I don't want to train a 17 year old boy. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I just don't have that mentality for that. So I definitely think it's better to pick like a niche, like a specific oh, for sure. target audience. Because especially if you're passionate about it, like obviously you understand what it means to go through a pregnancy and come out of a pregnancy. And I mean, like, so before I had my son, women always had my respect because I, I was raised by a single mom. Right. She raised me and my sister all by herself, working three jobs, putting herself through college. So like women had my respect. When I watched my wife deliver my son and... I went through that whole experience firsthand. Women across the world like had undeniably the highest level of respect that I could give anybody. Right. Be not only because of like the physical, like you're pushing a baby out of you and Jesus Christ, I could not imagine doing that. <laughs> but also because of like, like I watched firsthand the emotional toll that it took oh, on my wife. 100%. Looking at yourself. And just looking different, the weight, like... Your body changes, you... And he can attest to this, is, like, for the postpartum depression, I mean, you hear about, like, postpartum psychosis and all this other stuff, like, on the news and stuff. It's so lightly taken, yeah. even to this day. Yeah. And we're in 2023. Yeah. But, like, even some days, like... Even last night, like, I had an anxiety attack. And, like, it's all hormonal-based. And yep. once you have kids, you're screwed. Like, you can fix it with diet. You can fix it with pills. You can fix it with exercise. But there's never going back to how you were. No. I don't think it's about... I don't think there's anything to fix. No. I don't think anything's broken. Yeah. I think what it is is learning how to live with and manage the changes that come with when, becoming a mm -hmm. mom. And you could be... The most positive person. My wife, 
is not very critical. Like, obviously, we're all critical for ourselves, but like, she's not like me where I put my pants on and then I go straight to the scale and then I look in the mirror at the same time and then I'm like looking at the scale and I'm looking at the mirror and I'm like, Jesus Christ, you look like a <laughs> fucking potato. She is like, you know, hey, I don't feel very pretty today. Yeah. And like, she's always been super positive, told me not to beat myself up. And then it just like flip flopped when she had our kid. And it's not like she wanted that. It's not like she was doing anything to like bring that on. It just happened. Yeah. Which is crazy because that's obviously something I'll never fully understand because I can't take her brain out and experience those things. All I can really do is help her manage those things. Well, and definitely like, I mean, put aside beliefs and stuff. You're her helpmate. And so it's one of those things. You have to be that 80 to her 20. Yeah. And for the longest time he had to do that. Like I, there were some days I didn't want to get out of bed and that's not me. Like, you know, even I'm the same. I was in high school. Like I'm upbeat. Like I'm a go-getter, you know, I'm ready for whatever the day brings. But sometimes like I tell him, I'm like, I just need time by myself. It's not you. It's not the kids, but leave me alone. Like I've got to deal with something that you can't deal for me. I need you to instill that mindset into my wife because she don't know when to stop. She's just like, you know, obviously like the Hispanic culture, they're nurturers. They put themselves always last. And I'm like, no, you need to like be selfish. Tell me to get fucked or something like that. Yeah. Like take care of yourself. Like I want that for you. Yell at me. Do something. I need that for you. Um, No, but you're, you're right. Like we're obviously there as partners to help. I think we... I think that is a fair trade-off when we got you pregnant was like being there to to help you through it. I think that's a fair trade-off. But uh, the fitness obviously helps with that too. Oh, yeah. Because for anyone, regardless of if you're like a mother or a dude or a teenager, like throughout my life, again, regardless of whether or not my physical appearance depicts so, I have always been in the gym or like in some sort of exercise related activity right and that has been the one resounding thing that has always like helped me you know when I was younger having like just crazy anger issues or my ADHD or my anxiety it's always been the one thing that I can like remove myself from all of that and just like beat myself up here exhaust myself feel all that emotion pour all that emotion into working out and then just like leaving the gym and being like wow the world's not such a bad place after you're a whole nother mood you're like it's a whole nother feeling yeah Yeah, and that's the whole thing it's like i want the fitness industry is so misconstrued by social media that you have to look a certain way you have to do certain things that and that is not what i'm about i then that's why i want to help like postpartum moms who are you know threatened by that um image and everything is like just get your body moving not only it'll help you feel better look better but it's also doing stuff the un the unseen like it takes two years for a woman's abdomen to be fully like contracted back into place Hmm. two full years wow now think about that you have your intestines you have all of your diaphragm everything's just left open yeah and so many people don't understand why they can't get rid of the mom gut. And it's because, well, you're not taking the time to take care of that. Yeah. And so that's just one of my things. It's like, even although it may never go away fully and you may never get that six pack again or whatever, but 
looking at me, I gained 55 pounds with our son. And I'm back to my weight before I had my daughter. Congratulations. Thank you. That's huge. So, but it's, I, I worked my ass off for it. Yeah. I'm still working my ass off for it. And some days I, I get on the scale and I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't look the way I want to look. It's an evil stuff. thing to do, man. But it's a, it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. And it's all about making healthy choices and everything. But it, it helps your mental, your mentality is where it's at for yeah. you. Yeah. One of the things, uh, Dude, I still have my ACE, like, training manual dude. from when I was a trainer. Yeah, yeah, They're still even emailing me, like, dude, renew your certification. I'm like, <laughs> I haven't even trained in three years, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like, you never know. But, uh, yeah, no, one of the things I remember early on is learning how to instill, like, the idea that uh, it's not, like, a temporary fix. It's a lifestyle. Like, when you develop health and fitness into your life and you make it a lifestyle that's how you increase the odds of your client or you carrying that over and you know not like losing 25 pounds looking great for a month and then putting it all back on kind of thing yeah I think that's a big problem I think the other two problems with all of like with health and fitness right now it ties into what you said you know we have this we have social media to thank for it where the perception of fitness, health and fitness is, you know, you got to look this way to be successful and you got to be doing these things to be successful. When in reality, everyone's health and fitness journey looks different. It's like a fingerprint. Not right. one, not, not a single one looks the same. Not everyone's fitness journey is the same. And then the other thing too, the big thing is nutrition. That is the biggest thing for most people in their health and fitness journeys is they put all this work in, they beat themselves up, <coughs> excuse me, and then they go eat a fucking Big Mac and a large fry. Yeah. And it's even one day out of the week. You know, you could you could eat great all week long, and then you go cheat yourself that one day when you're in the middle of a six-month program. You back. Yeah, exactly. It's like... Uh, we go through that all the time. well chick-fil-a is my weakness oh so don't get me wrong yeah yeah don't get me wrong chick-fil-a is my weakness see i love the patty melt butterburger i need a diet coke with a spicy ketchup large fry (laughs) but no uh we talk about that quite often because as me i never struggled with weight yeah i've struggled with you know postpartum weight and like oh like weight uh water retention stuff like that but i was never obese Whereas my husband over here, like, he grew up obese and he... No. Oh, yeah. He was... I got to see some pictures after this. We'll we'll have to show you. Yeah, I got to see some pictures. Disclosure, he looks mighty fine right now, but... (laughs) I thought this was Ryan Gosling walking into my house earlier. Oh, here comes the Ah. (laughs) hot head. You've been told that before, huh? Ah, okay, okay. I see that too. (laughs) But so, you know, going into our marriage, like... I never understood why he counted macros and Mm -hmm. I never understood why he took into accountability of everything that he put in his body because I didn't have to do that. I could eat Whataburger and then eat a salad the next day and be fine because my weight doesn't fluctuate like that or it didn't before, you know, our second. And so it's one of those things as becoming a trainer and everything, like even now, like us eating out and stuff, I feel like absolute shit when Mm -hmm. we eat out. 
And I know, like, a lot of people are like, I'm not that crunchy mom. Like, oh, like, our country's food is poisoning us. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. it is, but I'm not, I'm still going to go eat exactly here and there. Like, I'm not going to starve myself from that. But it is one of those things I've noticed, like, diet is the 80-20 mm-hmm. to your fitness. And if you aren't taking that into consideration, you're never going to be where you want to be. Yeah. I think it's wrong for me to, to like, uh, to like bash it's not i mean a lot of it has to do with like what we're choosing to eat but i think it's about the moderation because mm-hmm. like you can still you can still go eat your whataburger or your chick-fil-a or your mcdonald's or you can still go out to texas roadhouse and eat 20 rolls if you want to but if you're doing it every other day or, right. or every weekend we're not or, talking about once a month we're talking like exactly every three. yeah yeah exactly which uh I mean, I think that's kind of where, you know, fast food is hella convenient, especially when you got a house full of kids, you're working, kids are in school, every, like your time is just so compacted and you've got like an hour to feed all these little goblins in your back seat that are just like terrorizing you. You're like, all right, McDonald's it is right. like, boom, convenience. You're paying for the convenience. Yeah. Yeah. On a lot of my, uh, these podcasts can go a lot of different directions, right? And I guess that's all dependent upon the person sitting on the other side of me. In some of the conversations where we get a little bit deeper into like why humanity is the way it is, I always go back to my belief that, you know, we've made life so easy and convenient that it's actually made it more complicated. And like one of those points is the fast food. You know, like we can't prioritize health and fitness when... We're prioritizing convenience and cheap meals through exactly. drive-throughs. Yeah, I mean that's one of the problems with our society. It's like a rat race. Like you're just constantly spinning because you have this over here and then this over here, and they're not, you know. But and that's the thing is like lately I've been really honing in on environmental health for my kids, mm-hmm. um, just because you know when we had our son back at. Mason said he was like, we will not do what my parents did to me. And that means like the environmental ice cream after school, you know, Mm. easy access to the frozen food, stuff like that. And I'm not saying like they can't have chicken nuggets every once in a while and stuff. But like I've been like searching, like soul searching. And I was like, it starts with us because what we do to put into their bodies causes their health and fitness journey Mm -hmm. to either go this way or right or left you know and so it's a never-ending cycle and a lot of people talk about generational curses that's one of them yeah i mean just it goes hand in hand with the drinking that you know being an alcoholic stuff like that being obese and skinny fat and all this other stuff like it's it's goes hand in hand with it yeah the crazy thing is, I feel like we've been talking about like childhood obesity for like decades. Like when we were kids, childhood childhood oh, obesity yeah. was like a huge problem. And I just like, I don't think it's gotten better. I think people have just kind of stopped talking about it maybe. They've gotten complacent with it. Yeah. It's just kind of been normalized almost. And that's the American way now. It's like texting and driving. Do you remember when AT&T used to make the commercials about texting and driving mm-hmm. and it would like be super dramatic where it'd like go black screen and it's like dial tone. Someone's like talking on the other line and it's like Ashley died because she was texting the while dispatchers, driving. The yeah, dispatchers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. They don't do that anymore. Mm-mm. 
people are so cool with being on their phones and driving now. It blows my mind. I, I, I will make it a point to say this. I get in my car and I have a little phone thing. I choose my music, boom, put my phone in there, and I don't touch my phone until I'm parked. One, because I don't want to wreck my cars. Right. I don't want to deal with that. Insurance is a pain in the butt. I don't like it. I got enough record, uh, wrecks on my, act, on my report anyway, so we don't need to do that. The other thing, too, is I don't want to fuck someone else's day up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like That or you have your son in the backseat. Yeah. Like, that's anything, a whole other element. Yeah. Anything can happen. And, uh, and <clears throat> a lot. I miss, I don't know if like your phone used to do this, but I miss when you would get in the car, it would automatically turn off the, uh, it would turn on the driver notification of like, it'd send the text message if anybody called you or whatever. Android like, does that. Does it? Just saying. Of course. Just the, saying. The green wing. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Um, but so because even me, like I'm bad at that, like I'll get on my phone to switch a music or like a song or whatever, even though I have it at the access of the steering wheel, like I'll go, Oh, I want to listen to this song because it'll pop in my head. And then I'll get an Instagram notification. And meanwhile, I'm going down 87 Mm. looking through Instagram and I'm like, what am I doing? You know? And so, yeah, it's, it's crazy. The things we have normalized as a society. Yeah. And it's changed so much even since we were kids. Yeah. So uh, what skills have you taken away from your finance paperwork job? Oh. Is there there anything you're going to be able to utilize, you think, from that job to your training? Um... And do you plan on like leaving that job to do the training full time? 100%. Okay. um, I do. The only thing is, is... I am buddy buddy and you know I I don't want to be at a desk forever mm-hmm. um but I've been there for going on 5 years now. Oh, so you've and been with so, that company for a yeah, while. Yeah, and it's a mom and pop shop. Ah. I have free range, you know. Okay. They trust me with obviously like our clients um interest and everything and so it's it's one of those things I'm personally emotionally tied to. Um and it's hard to leave a job. It's oh when you feel like that. And it blows my mind how people can. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll just burn bridges. And I'm like, I, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like I care about these people. Yeah. Like, you know, it may stress me out. And, like, I may not want to do the paperwork. I may not want to do this. You know, it's not the ideal career that I have. But at the end of the day, it provides for my family and I'm taken care of. And it's time and energy invested. Exactly. So you want to see that pay off. Exactly. Now, as far as it like tying into my own business and everything, I definitely have learned the management skills of bookkeeping, Mm -hmm. accountability. Um, Definitely like, you know, obviously like I've learned a lot about money markets and CDs and stuff like that. So investments and stuff. Right. Well, that'll help you out for your own game though. For sure. Yeah. What's that been watching all of that stuff while the market's just been on fire? So it's actually crazy because I never really understood oil crashes before. And about when COVID hit, we got below zero. And as far as like the company the portfolio, price, no, the price of oh. oil, which that runs everything. Okay. I mean, we're talking about the partners losing, you know, their stuff, everything. Um, our clients are freaking out because they don't have any money distributions coming in, you know, oh. and that's how they live. And everything. And so 
seeing that has definitely like opened my eyes to You're like, well, this really affects stuff. It, oh, it does. Interesting. <laughs> and uh, you know, you like growing up, everybody like, Oh, like there's, you know, Democrats are so against oil or blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, oil and gas is the foundation for so much. And it's not just our country. It's the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking like Saudi Arabia. We're talking about, you know, yeah. all over the place. And everything, and it's just cra- it's crazy to have like seen it firsthand of what How a political of move can ruin something. Oh yeah, or you know, or it can help something. It it's just it's fluctuating and it's constantly fuck fluctuating. And I've never been the one to check the price of oil until I started this job. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, am I going to keep my salary? <laughs> like you know, yeah, because yeah. it's all based off of it. Yeah. Yeah, it starts to get a little sketchy when your job is uh, based on how good the economy is doing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. One of the things that blows me away about like our oil dependence is that uh, we are a major importer of our oil. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because we have a lot of untapped oil here in the U.S. And I kind of stand on both sides of like the climate activists, but also like the like we need to become less dependent on other countries for resources like that yeah especially when they're like so fundamental to the operation of our country and our industries um but yeah that's one of the things that blows my mind is like we are super dependent on like middle eastern oil and if they decide that they just want to like cut off exports they can oh and they'll screw us if they want to raise the price they can if they want to drop the price to fuck up the value of our oil over here they can do that too Mm -hmm. so that is pretty crazy to me. Um, the other thing, too, is oil and gas are, like, super fundamental to our area. Oh, West Texas. Texas in general. I mean, you're talking about Oklahoma, Arkansas, New Mexico. Yeah. I mean, as blue as New Mexico is starting to be, these are yeah. still, we still have tons of rigs and everything out there that, like, they're still drilling. Yeah. Um, and so it's just one of those things. It's a lot of people are like, oh, let's just be eco mode. And it's like, it's not as easy as that. You yeah, because you're taking something that our country has ran off of for, for hundreds of years. Centuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm terrible with time like that, honestly. <laughs> it's all linear, and I'm terrible with going backwards. Come on, John. We went to history together. <laughs> yeah. And that happened to be one of my favorite subjects. Um, you know, fun fact for you. We'll we'll go back to the fun facts. New Mexico actually has the largest like in-ground depository of nuclear waste. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. So the next time you go through New Mexico and you start to glow a little bit or you feel a little funny, yeah, <laughs> that you, radiation. You, you might be near that radiation. <laughs> yeah. There's a new movie that just came out, Oppenheimer. I'm sure you've seen the previews for it unless you don't watch TV. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so <laughs> it's about the Manhattan Project mm-hmm. where we created the atomic bomb that we eventually dropped in Japan. The crazy thing about that, because I am like a little bit of a historian conspiracy guy, I learned uh, while me and my wife were driving through New Mexico to Rio Doso, uh, we drove through White Sands and there is a sign there that says uh, live missile testing happens here. Check the radio for information and updates. And we're driving. It's real calm, real chill. We don't see a car for maybe 15, 20 minutes. And I'm like, dude, what are the odds that they're doing a missile test? And we're just going down this road. And we're going to see a missile like shoot past us. We saw a car like maybe five minutes later. But it got me on Google. 
and it got me reading about like white right. sands and everything. And I learned that when they were testing the atomic bomb, Project Manhattan was actually top secret. No one knew about it. No one in New Mexico knew about it. So they're dropping these atomic nuclear bombs there. And the residents like can hear the explosions. They know there's a base there, but they don't know that there's all of this nuclear radiation that's blowing down wind and infecting all of these people. So like the U.S. government was like, oops. Uh, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> Dude, you still have people to this day that will protest like they have uh, what they call open houses where you can go to ground zero where the first atomic bomb was detonated. Mm -hmm. And like this most recent time, dude, I just broke my own rule. The, this most recent open house that they did, like a lady chained herself to the little stone that they have there and like dumped blood on her and was like, you guys poisoned us. I saw us. that. Crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. So they have a group, they're called like the downwinders. And it's like people that survived and got cancer and their grandkids and stuff like still protesting for I, like at that point, I don't know. Like, what are you really fighting for other than like recognition? Like exactly. everyone knows what happened at this point. It's kind of a shitty thing, but like our government has done a lot worse to the general still public. Doing, I mean, there's yeah. still some unknown things that we but, don't know about. Yeah, but that's a, yeah, that's a fun fact for you and for everyone else listening. So interesting. Um, the personal training stuff is interesting. I, I got into personal training when, when I got into it, cause it was like the cool, th like health and fitness and like fitness influencing was like taking off in 2019, 2018, 2019. It was a taboo thing. Yeah. When I got into it. So I was like super excited and that job right there showed me that my purpose in life is to help other people. Even though I'm not doing it today, I still get to do that in my kind of current job that I'm in now I still right. get to serve and help people but I like to think that when my income is passive and I have the ability to do so I'll go back to training because I would really love to own my own gym oh for sure and train athletes and bodybuilders like and that's the whole thing like when I started getting into this I actually took I'm was in a, a coaching like a like an online like um schooling you know uh just learning the business um effects of it and everything and everything was driven based off the dollar which that's the whole main goal that's the business know. side of it. that's the business side yeah. of it but it kind of turned me off a little bit because it was like i'm not here to get rich yeah. because like you know, like i serve people like that's i do that's my way of serving it's mm -hmm. helping others and i'm not gonna do that by a million likes and a million comments on Instagram and stuff. And so my main thing is, is I'm going to be myself. I'm going to know my shit. I'm going to back it up and everything. And if you mess with me, you mess with me. If not, then that's okay too. But that's how I serve people is I'm not trying to do it as like, I'm, a, I'm not the aesthetic person to do that. And it, it sucks in the beginning because you know, you post and you're doing this and you're like why haven't anybody bitten on this like it's a great deal like da 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 but definitely it's been a learning curve for that especially working at fitness zone and talking to people they're like i like you yeah you uh, we need more people like you to help us out because you're real yeah genuine so that has been my whole philosophy i've been in the car business four years now and 
you know, when I when I bought my first car off a car lot, my buddies sold me my car, but it just left me feeling like most people do when they go to the car dealership. I feel like I was lied to. I feel like maybe even if I wasn't lied to, like I was kind of like swindled or led to believe this. And like, I kind of felt pressured. Like, so I never had any kind of like motivation to get in the car business. Coincidentally, the guy that, um, I worked, I worked at 1440, um, for Chris and his wife. Yeah. And I trained for them. And Chris was actually a salesman before he opened the gym. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he kind of told me over and over, chirping in my ear, like, you know, you know, if you're, if you're motivated by money at this point in your life, go sell cars. This is what you need to do. Go sell cars. He kept telling me, kept telling me. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. I'm not hearing it. And then um, one of my buddies who sold me my car came in and he was telling me about this huge thing that they just did, yada, yada, yada. The, it was still in the back of my head, like, I don't want to be associated as a car sales. 100%. Yeah. And you don't want to be that nuisance. No, 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 no. You just, I mean, dude, like, I saw a poll. It's probably been several months, but I saw a poll of like the 10 disliked career pathways you could go. And like, car salesman was up there with like lawyer and like process server, like the people that serve you, you're getting served <laughs> kind of stuff. Like people that nobody likes, right? right. Like nobody can trust, con- politicians and stuff like that. So all of that was obviously in the back of my head when I first got in the business. And my whole like premise of, of being a salesperson was like, don't make it about the money. Don't make it about the commissions. Don't make it about the sale. Learn a lot about the vehicles and the products you're selling and really have good knowledge. And then just make a friend. Literally just make a friend. And um, not to toot my own, own horn or anything, but... One of the things that I take tremendous pride in is our surveys. So, you know, when you bought your card, they probably told you like, hey, you're going to get this survey, be on the lookout for it, yada, yada, yada. Let me know how you did, how I did kind of thing. In three years of selling new cars at Chevrolet, I didn't get a single bad survey. And it was always a, a point for my management to be like, you know, look at him, look at what he's doing ask him what he's doing. And I'm like, dude, I'm not doing anything special. I'm just talking to people like they're a human. Right. I'm listening to understand what they're saying to, to build a framework of where we're going to take this. And I'm literally just making a friend. It's the same exact thing with personal training Mm -hmm. because in like car sales, it is what it is. You buy my car, you don't, I manage your finances or I don't. And it is what it is. You go on your separate way. But in something like personal training, where someone has to be so vulnerable, not only to get in front of you in the first place, but to also exercise in front of you. Like, dude, I don't want anyone to watch me exercise. That's why I got a freaking gym in my garage because it's disgusting probably (laughs) watching me exercise, you know? So for someone to like overcome that, get in front of you, say, hey, I I have a problem. You're my solution. Right. Like the best thing that any personal trainer or anyone in that position if they find themselves in that position could do is just make a friend. Oh yeah. And it's an, it's an investment. It's a personal investment yeah. at that point. Well, cause through that, like, like I said, it's never been about the money. It's always been about taking care of right. people. And because I've taken care of so many people, it's come back to me tenfold. Mm-hmm. So if you really just take the time to 
care about someone and hear them out and really help them achieve their goal, it'll take care of you. Yeah. And not only compensation money wise, but your purpose. I mean, purpose, reputation, um, all of it, your happiness, your sense of accountability, all of it. Yeah. So, well, that's going to be an incredible journey for you. Um, I'm super excited. Other than the personal training, what do you got going on in your life now? Just raising the two kids and raising the two kids, um, buying a house. That's that's always a crazy (laughs) thing. It's stressful, but it's definitely we're we're on the works of it and everything and just I don't know just like I'm ready to start life you know like we always talk about like every earlier we're talking about like everybody's just doing their thing Mm -hmm. and so I'm ready for the next thing like let's let's just keep this going like ready for those memories I'm ready for my kids to have those memories and stuff like that so So do you like to like are you like a a visionary where you like to plan or do you just kind of take it as it goes? Oh no, I like to plan. Okay. So what do you see your, for yourself and your family in the next couple of years? Not even tens. I was years. actually going to ask you, I was like, it's your 10 year plan, <laughs> but, um, I'll but, answer, but you got to answer. Fun first. fact. My dad, when we first got engaged, asked my husband that he said, what's your 10 year plan? <laughs> really? He's like, break it down for me. I need to know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, lately, like I've been seeing our family, you know, obviously in our first home we've had, we have a first home, but it's, it was given to us essentially. And it's not something that we've built up. And so it's one of those things like we're looking for that, you know, having that as a nostalgic memory for our kids and everything. Um, Establishing your family home. home. Yeah, Yeah. Our family home, not just a house, but a home. Yep. Um, also, uh, I see our kids growing up. I see us making memories, but I also see us going after our goals. Like I said, uh, me starting my own business. I'm trying to get this one over here to pick up his YouTube again and everything. Um, get back into the fitness, um, industry himself because he is a PT as well. Um, and then also like, I want to get into rentals, Airbnbs. Like I want to create that generational wealth for my children to where I don't have to owe anybody anything and I work for myself and I manage my own stuff. Incredible goals. They don't teach us that in school. They don't. They don't want you to know that. No. They don't want you to have financial independence and the ability to navigate life on your own terms. Mm-mm. And that is like... They'll teach you how to code a computer. Yeah. It just <laughs> go, It goes back to the point I was making earlier where by making things easier, we've made them more complicated. But we've also made them easier for like the people that like, like, regardless of what you believe in, there are groups and individuals that dictate daily life as we experience it because they just have an obscene amount of money and an obscene amount of power that they can dictate trends, they can dictate markets, they can dictate economies, right? And so like, when we make it harder on ourselves to gain financial independence and do what we want with our lives. We make it easier to be controlled. Right. And to like, you know, in, in, in America, it's been seven twenty seven dollars and 25 cents minimum wage since like 2004, since 2004. And no one is really like, we've kind of cried for higher income and. But with that, the, the living income, I mean, boom. So that's where it's like, 
okay, we'll give you a couple of dollars here and there, but, but like, we're going to raise your rent and we're going to raise 10, ten times yeah, that. the cost of everything. Right. So it's like, they want you in debt. You got to be organized. You got to have knowledge and then you got to put it into action. Like what you're, what you're doing now. Cause yeah. I mean, that's the same thing for me. So like maybe not 10 years, 10 years is a really long time. Um, and with my ADHD, like my, my goals literally change like every day, unless right. it's like something I'm deep rooted and passionate about. Um, but like that, my goals are pretty much in line with yours. You know, I want to get to a point where I have enough passive income to where I can take off more time from work or maybe not work full time so I can watch my son grow up. I mean, dude, when I think about the things that I want to do for my son, part, part of it, part of that is rooted in the fact that I didn't have a very great childhood. I didn't have a whole lot of opportunity and that's something that I want to provide for him. But the other thing too is like, I just want to be able to enjoy life with my kid. Right. I don't want to have to work from eight to six every day, every week for the next 20, 30, 40 years to get a retirement that's okay. And then it's like, oh, you know, that's life. And your kid's already grown up. And there's no telling what the world looks like even then. So it's like, you know, I don't, I'm kind of the same as you. I want to get some financial independence. I want to do things that I'm passionate about. Um, dude, if you get your YouTube channel going again, I'm going to get my uh, my fitness t- my t-shirt fitness brand going again. And then you're going to have to shameless plug me on your YouTube. So <laughs> I'll give you free t-shirts though. And you got a model for me. Well, you're not like... <laughs> he is. He just... Let me rephrase that. You have to model my t-shirts for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It's not going to be weird like me, you in a photo studio and it's like, take your shirt off, buddy. What did I... Rub the oil. Yeah, what did I get myself into? Addison's got weird friends. I'm never going that cool. No, and... um, But at the end of the day, you got to hone in on what matters to you. Yeah, especially kids. Kids do a crazy thing to your perspective of the world and and life. It's so insane, like, seeing you have kids and me having kids. Like, well, 10 years ago, we would have never thought we would be here. No, all it took was a lot of good alcohol and my (laughs) wife dancing, and it was game over. (laughs) All inhibition went out the window, and now I got a one-year-old. See, and that, it's so crazy, because we even have comrades now that don't, they don't know anything that we're talking about. They live for the nightlife, and, you know, it's... It's crazy to see what what season we're all in because you have people who are just now getting married and don't have kids or are having kids and are not married and have nowhere to start. Like, you know, and then here we are. We're like, "Hmm, what's for dinner? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Life is a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it was an incredible conversation. I enjoyed it. It was good uh, catching up. Yeah, it was. It was good to see you. Hopefully we'll see you a little bit more. Remember the 2024 uh, in, uh, <laughs> can't even think of the product the 2024 enclave. The enclave yeah 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 keep it just keep it in the back of your head let rates go down buy your house enjoy all that stuff first and then we'll talk about that later we'll uh, keep in touch yeah please <laughs> uh, it was my pleasure ladies and gentlemen we got Addison Clayton in the building everyone enjoy your weekend have a blessed week we'll see y'all next time <laughs>